This is the mystery group discussion for Accessible World, and I'm Ann Parsons, your facilitator, and we are discussing Probable Cause by Ridley Pearson, and it was a very interesting story. I liked it. Um, I, I, uh, I'm afraid I read so much. I I read it two weeks ago, and I'm not sure I remember all the characters, but I do remember liking it, and it was a good read. So, with that said, I usually ask, what did you think of it? Did you like it? Did you not like it? And why? I liked it. I learned a great deal about criminology, what a criminalist does. I wonder now why the police don't catch everybody, ultimately with DNA and, you know, give me one fingerprint. Uh, you know, the, the great tragedies that occurred to James DeWitt and his family. It was, it was quite a, a lot of action, but a lot of analysis of DNA and things that went beyond me a little bit. But I think I, I learned a lot. I like Ridley Pearson. Never read him before, but I'm not, uh, you know, <laughs> the greatest mystery reader or whatever, but I liked him. He was very good. It was to the point. And um, that's all I want to say. I, uh, characters, yes. I read it two weeks ago, and I was talking to Ruth Ann today, trying to remember all the characters, because we get books mixed up sometimes. So let's see what others have to say. I liked it. Well, thanks for that memory, books. I'd forgotten all the characters, too. I finished it a little bit less than two weeks ago myself. Uh, I'm, I, I'm a big Ridley Pearson fan, uh, and this one, I guess, had escaped me. Even though I think it, I think it's probably several several years old, based on the descriptions in it and stuff. Uh, he's written a series with a character named Lou Bolt that I've read a lot of that take place in Seattle. But I like this. I mean, I, I just like his style. I don't know what it is. The way he tells the story is good. I like the, the I like the setting of this one being around Carmel. I got to go to Carmel, California, and got to see the. Uh, uh, 17 mile drive that they referenced uh, uh, that's near uh, Pebble Beach, uh, the golf course and stuff. It's some beautiful country out there. I tell you, uh, of course, you couldn't afford to live out there. I think it's, it cost a fortune. But uh, uh, the only thing I, that I still regret to this day, we didn't go out to that Monterey Aquarium that they talked about a few times. It's supposed to be one of the nicest aquariums in the country. But uh, I like the setting. I like the characters. And uh, uh, I, I enjoyed the book. I, th I thought he—I uh, thought it was a, a, a good read. I'll give the book thumbs up. Also, well, one of the things that I liked best about it was he wasn't perfect. You know, made mistakes and uh, went down the wrong rabbit hole and and all of that. Some of these mystery books you read, the characters are just simply unbelievable, but. I found this one fairly believable and a pretty interesting read, although I wouldn't rate it as a great book. I don't think I would rate it as a great book either because I read it probably at least three weeks ago, and there have been several books between then and now, and I'm very rusty on it. I was just trying to listen in and try to kind of bring my memory back before we started <clears throat> and didn't really... Um, 
and I can remember some stuff. I did like parts of it. I thought um, that it was particularly interesting to have the perspective of somebody who had been a criminologist become a detective and to sort of watch that evolve. That was really interesting. And I was interested in his re interactions with his family. Um, but for some reason, I, I think it maybe was the narrator, but it could be his the writer's style. It felt very jerky in the reading. Now, I read the Bard book, and I don't know, maybe some of you didn't read it that way. It'd be interesting to hear what you thought if you read it else, um, like if you read it on Bookshare or something. Um, I guess that's really mainly what I'd have to say about it. I think that was George Patterson, an old line reader. Yeah, he was kind of quirky jerky at times. I think you make a good point. He used to be one of my favorite readers because because uh, I heard a few things about his dedication and the fact that he'd come every day in his wheelchair and and, and read. And so I, I... But now I listened to him and I thought, um... He'd have to grow on me again, and yeah, I read the book again a couple of weeks ago, and enjoy. I know I liked it. I know it was one of those that we really wanted to stay reading because it was it kept our interest. Um, but I have to hear a little more about it before I can tell you why I liked it because I don't remember. Yeah, I enjoyed the book, and I enjoyed George Patterson. Uh, liked. Uh uh, hadn't heard him in a long time, and so that was uh, uh, that was that was good. Uh, I enjoyed that, and also the uh, criminologist uh, becoming a detective, uh, a homicide. That uh, uh, that was a, a curious thing, but he kept uh, kept fighting and doing his thing so uh yeah we read this uh well, i don't know three weeks ago or so and so my memory isn't as sharp about it as it uh, as it uh, as though we just read it or something well a couple of y'all have already said and i like this too the fact that this guy certainly didn't have a perfect life i mean uh uh, right from the get-go, I thought the opening scene was, was pretty interesting, the way they grabbed you. I mean, his wife gets killed in that courtroom scene, and he ends up with a, a, one of his daughters gets mentally incapacitated, where she's, like, under constant care and stuff, and then she later gets killed, too. So uh, uh, th this guy didn't have – everything wasn't coming up roses for this guy. So uh, I thought that made the story kind of interesting, and I, and I like that about the book. I did like that. That I remember now. Thank you, Alan. Um I thought that the 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 book was a lot more the way things could really be, um, and but he's not going to get all of this stuff on one fingerprint and on I'm, science just hasn't progressed that far, and DNA testing is very very expensive yet. Um, the fingerprint base is getting better, but they would like it to be. But we can dream, can't we? I enjoyed the reader. Uh, I don't know who he was, but it seemed to me that um, he did a pretty good job, like most of you. I read the books several weeks ago. But uh, I 
like interface with uh, the way he played with uh, what was the woman in there their relationship the well, I think she was a woman cop and uh, how he could go and get a that much information off of a few uh, tire tracks and that and then on television and some books you know they get that DNA back so quick but in actuality I think it takes a long long time to get a lot of that DNA evidence back but um, I did like the reader I think so well part of the DNA problem is that they are really backed up there uh, for example I found out uh, that there is only one uh, uh, lab in the country that will do the genetic testing for breast cancer and they're backed up so if they get they can maybe do things more quickly but but you wait your turn yeah and that, that's the thing anybody that watches any any tv watches watches these csi shows or, or reads a lot of books you, 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 i know i have a tendency to think man this stuff's instantaneous but it's like y'all say it's not instantaneous it takes a long time and it costs lots of money and you know i i, I don't know about y'all's uh law enforcement agencies but i know where i live if anybody's short on budgetary funds they usually are so i mean you, you, nobody's getting any of this stuff quickly so uh, uh yeah I, I i agree that this this felt a little more real than, than some things i've read in the past uh how about james dewitt and his family of course he loses julia with the wife uh, anna is you know in a coma because she cracks her head on the cement and of course the killer was cunning he was really something you know uh, and uh, the bad cop it, it, it showed somebody said maybe Debbie that he was James DeWitt wasn't perfect and that's maybe why I like the book he didn't have all the answers he he groped his way to the answer then at the end of course I, when they when they called him I they, he lost he fooled me that that it wasn't Nelson that he they, they did, weren't using the language and he figured it out and had a bulletproof vest and all that and he told how that happened that why he survived that so uh, I liked it that he wasn't perfect I say it again the third time <laughs> that bulletproof vest thing surprised me too I thought it was well done I yeah I remember now about the bulletproof vest and stuff um, yeah. I thought it was well done, and I liked the the description of how the um, how the killer thought. It wasn't a major part of the of the novel. I prefer novels that that make the criminal the central character, but I do like um, the way he wrote about the 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 uh, the criminals. Um, way of thinking, you know how how he thought about stuff. I I appreciated that. So, um, and I did like the way that that uh, Ridley Pearson was not perfect, made some bad decisions, um, like we all do. But he wasn't he wasn't uh, broken, like some of these these. Uh, uh, police you know private eyes and and people like that he wasn't he wasn't an alcoholic he wasn't um he wasn't broken 
and I like that too. Um, because you want your hero to be at least um, someone you can you can uh, look up to, I think, um, in a story. I mean, not, not in real life. I mean, it doesn't happen like that, but um, that that's why I like the book. My suspicion is that I've been reading too many mysteries because when he went to meet Nelson, whatever his name was, um, I knew he had to wear a, a vest because he ain't no foo. Um, he 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 was gonna go and be protected in every way that he could, and he had access to these things, so of course he'd use it. And the, the other thing I liked about the book is, and I, I suspect this is probably accurate, it kind of told you that the, uh, the 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 cops don't necessarily. Uh, have much respect for the for the scientist or the criminalist or wh whatever you want to call them, and uh, uh, they made that kind of obvious in here that uh, uh, the the criminalists were kind of thought down on. And uh, uh, like I say, with with all this CSI stuff that's been going these days, uh, I don't think they make those distinctions as as much. Uh, you know, the the scientists they show on the TV shows are all are, are almost like supermen, but uh, or superwomen. And uh, uh, they did a good job in this book of, of, I think, probably portraying more how it really is. Uh, one of the twists in the books that, uh, that I liked was that uh, he actually was being uh, suspected of the crimes when he uh, escaped from the building and it was all a fire. They thought he done the fire and the tables was almost turned on him and he'd be arrested for the crime he was being indicted oh that's true that, that he he t turned it around i think michael was that the guy turned it around he says he, he burnt the place down and that was great no i think it's makes sense that he not take the vest because nelson you know he said hello this is nelson i want to give you a first shot we found another body and so on he didn't take it before when he went to crime scenes but he called him DeWitt instead of Sarge. He didn't use the proper language, and I should have picked up on some of that. It wasn't called the, the parking lot by the beach. It was a beach parking lot. A little different language that Nelson would have used. And uh, that's what should have tipped me off, but it didn't. So, no, I, I could see where uh, all everything being equal. If Nelson had just called, really called him, he wouldn't have taken a vest with him. But I'm glad he did. <laughs> well, I got a little confused by that last scene because was he not were they not talking over the phone wouldn't he have recognized the guy's voice i mean that's uh, this guy either was a great mimic or uh i wondered about that because uh he had been interacting with i thought he'd been interacting with that guy that was that he was impersonating when he called him in but may, maybe i missed something i don't know like i said it's it's starting to fade a bit i think that it wasn't um the person i think it was it was a message but and this guy was just posing as a policeman from it was sort of not exactly an anonymous policeman maybe i'm wrong too because like i say it's been three weeks at least since i read the book um one of the things that i particularly thought was really well done in the book was it seemed to me like um the whole really the underlying 
action of everything was the DeWitt guy coming to terms with the horrible tragedies that had come to his family and to watch him really be able to sort of step up to the bar and and walk forward instead of just sort of being um, I don't know sort of dwelling in all of the past um, I thought that was really remarkably well done in the book even though it's sort of it's really faded fast for me as a book that may have more to do with me not really wanting to look at just how unpleasant and miserable his life was and how and and him coming through it then it is that the book wasn't good about that so um, I, I thought that was particularly well done oh absolutely he wasn't broken as Anne said and you're saying that's admirable that was really good um, no the uh, Alan you're right that the, he posed as Nelson Michael I think his name is Michael the father of Stephen Miller he posed as Nelson but remember DeWitt was half asleep it was early in the morning and the phone rings and he but then uh, he lost, as I said he lost me when he said I picked up on enough clues that I put a vest on you know and I went I thought that uh, he James was really humanized with his visits to the hospital to his daughter uh, he sat in the room with her held her hand and talked to her even though she was unable to answer him and probably didn't hear him but he kept kept talking to her and anyway that was to me that was a very emotional and uh, humanizing scene and the scenes in the book and real quick that he sneaked in the side door to avoid the business the, the visiting rules yeah parents would do that if they could yeah I thought that was very poignant too and it and heartbreaking because you know I can't imagine that kind of situation going on for a long time that must have been just absolutely horrible to deal with and I like the way he treated his daughter his other daughter as well he 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 really worked at holding life together yeah I mean the character uh, I mean obviously he's a fictional character but man uh, he had obviously a lot going for him the, the way Ridley Pearson you know drew the character because I mean I don't think I'd ever want to get out of bed again if, if what happened to him happened to me in real life at the beginning of the book. I mean, you lose your to lose your wife and one of your children, or you know, have your children, one of your children in that situation where it's doubtful she's ever going to recover from a, a vegetative state. And uh, he just, you know, picked himself up and was was going on and uh, making sure his daughter got the best care and visiting her and just, you know, on and on. So, yeah, he obviously had a lot to to admire about the character. I think you're right, uh, Alan, and I particularly like the scene where he goes and retrieves his daughter from the the drinking party, the teen drinking party. And, you know, he confronts this teenager, you know, whatever his name was, I forget now. Um and you know he's able to do that and it it wasn't you know the big daddy coming in and and running roughshod over everybody but it was um it was believable he held back he didn't want to you know 
strike the guy or do anything like that, but he, uh, you know, he rescued her, which is a good thing. And um, so, I like that scene. I thought it was well done. This uh, book was obviously a contemporary book, but like one of you mentioned, it was probably written quite a while ago. I don't know exactly what year, but I know when I read it, I look back and say, oh, wow, that's a long time ago. But it's almost moved into being a historical novel in a way. I kept thinking, oh, man, where's the cell phones? <laughs> yeah, I thought I read 1991, but with George Patterson, he's an old-time reader. I don't think he's reading anymore. And I didn't know he read it while in a wheelchair and so forth. That's really that's really good. Yeah, I thought he handled it beautifully. When he, and Billy Talbert, I think, was the kid's name. And he was really a smart-ass, pardon my French. He, ju he just really was coming after uh, DeWitt. And, uh, and he said, I want my daughter out of here. And he did. He made it happen. Um, I, I thought I'd throw the information I got on George Patterson. I got it from Mitzi Friedlander, so I'd say it's probably uh, correct. Um, he, his wife brought him to work every day and made sure he was settled and came and picked him up. Uh, he, I, I think he was living in a nursing home, and uh, I don't know why, but he, he uh, recorded so many books and was so dedicated that when they remodeled um, APH, one of the studios is the George Patterson Studio. Now I feel bad. He no, he was a good you know, old line reader. I mean, he's dedicated. I thought he did the Ed Ed McBain books too, but I could be wrong. Precinct, you know, eighty seven, whatever it is. But uh, yeah, when I heard him, I said, "Well, he's been," and he wasn't bad. He's just, you know, he's just getting older as we all are. I heard, I read an aside. I started reading True Grit with Terry Hayes Sales, and I couldn't read it. She's just, it's, I just couldn't read it. Oh dear. Well, I, I picked up the book and, you know, I didn't read the blurb before I put it in the, you know, put it on the cartridge and, you know, started reading. And I, I heard Jer George Patterson's voice and I thought, oh, I haven't heard that voice in a long time. It was kind of a pleasure, I, I have to say. Um, and... Um, just to give you a fair warning, um, there's a lot of good stuff up on Bard in the last three days, and um, I've I've been having a field day. Uh, <laughs> so um, anyway, so any more comments on this particular book? This is not on the book, um, and. Bob will yell at me for being off topic, but uh, you had mentioned that you don't check on Monday for books because nothing happens on Sunday. Guess again, Ann. Yeah, I saw something on uh, one of the um, lists today saying that there were a bunch of books up there today. Um, now I've forgotten what I was going to say about the other thing, so never mind. Well, that's all right. Um, well, yeah, I heard that too, so... I am going to go up there tomorrow when I get a chance. I've got uh, two students in a, in a rehearsal tomorrow, so I may or may not have time. But, um, yeah, as a, a, uh, well, they didn't have anything 
for Memorial Day, and they didn't have anything for like Tuesday and Wednesday. So I think they're they're making up time, and that's a good thing. So, and you're not off topic, not really. Um, you know, if if you want to talk about uh, French Impressionism or something like that, that would be off topic. Um, but uh, anyway, <laughs> so. Um, all right. Any more comments on this book before I go on and say, what are we doing next time? Well, I just uh, Googled Ridley Pearson Probable Cause and published, and it was 1990. So whoever said 1991 was spot on, it sounds like. So, uh, yeah. I was going to ask if anybody knows if there's a, if this is like the first in a series, or was this a one-off book? I'm pretty sure this is just a one-off. I don't think he, uh, well, I don't know for sure, but uh, I've read a lot of Ridley Pearson, and, and uh, the, the, the Lou Bolt is his character that he, that he seems to have done several in a series with, and, and he's uh, situated in Seattle, Washington. Uh, I don't know either, and I've read a lot, but you, have you noticed, Alan, in every book, he's, somewhere in the book he'll say, they looked eyes. And I, 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 I assume that that is something that sighted people do, but I don't have a clue what that would mean. Uh, do you mean they locked eyes, which mean they looked into one another's eyes and stayed there for uh, a little bit longer than uh, is normal? I think that's what means I, I read uh, all these books people look into people's eyes and read something in their eyes the way they're feeling or what they're thinking and I lost my sight five years ago and before that I don't remember looking in anybody's eyes and reading all that information from them it's always looked they looked eyes and whether he means locked maybe he could um, it, it just has been one of those things that's if I ever met him, I'd say, what do you mean specifically? Yeah, I'm like LaDonna. The expression I've always heard is they locked eyes. So uh, uh, I, I never came across looked eyes in any of my reading. But uh, uh, So I, I don't know. Maybe somebody's making a mistake or, or what. But uh, no, no, I mean, I, I, I used to love uh, looking at eyes when I could do that because you can kind of read people, but but never to the extent that they do, that these characters do in these novels. Uh, yeah, I've never heard that expression. I they looked eyes, they locked eyes. Yes, but not they looked eyes. But anyway, alrighty, Rue. Uh, I have a note here in my handy dandy little file that I'm keeping about all these book clubs I I belong to, because if I didn't, I would I would really be in trouble. And I have listed here. Uh, a book called A Test of Wills by Charles Todd. Does that ring a bell for anybody? And do we still want to do that for June? Hearing nothing, I suspect that everybody is in the same state as I am. I don't remember that book at all, which means that uh, maybe it would be a good thing to read. Okay. I do have a suggestion. We might want to do this for July because it's July and it's the summer and, you know, something a little lighter. 
I happened to notice that one of my absolute favorite books of all time, of all time, has just come up on Bard, and it has the original reader. And I'm just so thrilled. I downloaded it right away, and I'm going to read it this month anyway, no matter what you guys decide. But um, it's a gothic, and we haven't read a gothic in a long time. And um, I don't know if you guys like gothics or not, and if you don't want to read it, that's perfectly okay. But it's called This Rough Magic, and it's by Mary Stewart. And it's wonderful. It's marvelous. It's uh, it's wonderful, marvelous. Da 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 da. Uh, anyway, it's it's really good. Um, so I don't mind reading A Test of Wills by Charles Todd. I don't have a book number. Um, and I don't even have a note as to who suggested that we read this. Um. So, uh, what's your pleasure, folks? I knew that the name of the author sounded familiar. I, I think I'm the one that suggested it. And it is British. It's about a guy. It's set during just after World War One. This guy was in was a soldier in World War One, and it's come back, and he was, before he left, he was a policeman and he's come back and he's a policeman but now he keeps hearing this voice of this one guy who is like um, I think it's one of the people that was one of the soldiers in his company and he's it's like it drives him crazy but he's in spite of that he perseveres and is interesting now I don't think I've read this first book I think I've only read the second book but it was really good so that's fine. I'm also okay with reading the Mary Stewart as far as that's concerned. Does this rough magic come with Cole Porter, Cole Porter musical accompaniment? I uh, would go, lean toward a test of mill, wheels, not mills, a test of wheels. And I'm not too much in the Gothic, but whatever you all want to do. Oh, dear. I like Mary Stewart. I, I vote for the Gothic. Um, I, I like to read things that I haven't read before. And I read This Rough Magic probably in the early 60s. I keep dating myself, you know? Um, but I, I loved it then. So I'm also up for a reading. So, you know what, let's do uh, the Todd book in, in June and This Rough Magic in July. Uh, just a suggestion. I'm not trying to horn in. But... Um, that would take care of two months that 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 would um and this rough magic is is light reading you know you don't have to break your brain over it um just just uh my two cents i don't care what we do because i was hoping we were going to read something that was set contemporarily or that was more up to date but it doesn't sound like either one of these is going to fill that bill so i don't care which one we read when i will i will participate okay all right, I think that Mickey's suggestion is an excellent one. Let's do A Test of Wills by Charles Todd for June and This Rough Magic for July because it's July and it's the summer and it's light reading and it's not, you know, you don't have to read it if you don't want to. 
And then, of course, we've got August coming up, which, which, as you know, is the one month in the year I take off. So, um, whoever wants to run August, you better get in contact with me, and you can decide what you want to do. And and, uh, but I usually take the month of August off. So, um, I can't believe it's June already. I mean, tomorrow's the first of June. My God. Can anybody tell me where the first five months of this year went? I would like to make a suggestion that I'm not sure is going to fly, and if you don't want to, that's fine too. For August, um, Vicki tells me that she has read a book called The Rosary Girls by Richard Montanari, M-O-N-T-A-N, no, yeah, T-A-N-A-R-I. And the premise of the book is that these high school girls are getting murdered, a uh, serial killer, and the, the clue that it's the same person is that they always have a rosary in their hands. Um, she said she couldn't put it down. Now, I, I don't know, I, I'm suspecting that this isn't going to hit anybody's beliefs because she's Catholic and I'm Catholic, and, you know... Um, but it, she, she said it was one of those she couldn't put down, and it certainly is contemporary. Sounds all right to me. I was going to say that the uh, a, a, test, a test of wills DB number is uh, 76229. So uh, a test of wills for June, uh, was it called This Rough Magic for July, and then the Rosary Girls with a religious theme for August? Well, I don't think it is a religious theme if you're dead with a rosary in your hand <laughs> unless i i don't know she said it didn't have it was just that that was his trademark sorry that was my lame attempt at humor and it obviously failed miserably no it didn't i'm just sitting here grinning and playing it back at you the order sounds good okay sounds great and um as far as the july book the old reader is mary jane higby I don't know if you guys remember Mary Jane Higby, but she's wonderful. When a girl marries, she was in uh, old-time radio, and tune-in radio she wrote. She's great. Everybody should read tune-in radio. Okay, well, thank you all for coming. It's been a great uh, great discussion, and um, Bob, just, uh, uh, Bob Acosta, just in case you want to know, I haven't forgotten about the uh, the recording for the fantasy group I've just been busy and I just um, I've been making recordings for a student um, and so I've just been busy so I plan to get that out to you within the next three days or so so anyway that's what's going on with the fantasy uh, recording so with that said um, we are meeting in June Let's see, if the first Sunday in June is the 7th, which it is, the 7th, the 14th, the 21st, uh, that would make it the 28th, June 28th, we will see you. And the DB number for this rough magic is 12636, boy we're going back in the archives for that, so uh, I may not make the... June meeting on now that I'm thinking about because I've got a nephew that's getting married on 
June 27th and we'll be traveling back from Waco, Texas. So maybe I can fire up my iPhone and uh, uh, use the TC Conference app and uh, participate. So uh, sorry I don't have the, uh, if anybody wants to hold on, I can grab the DB number for the Rosary Girls, but I don't have it as of yet. What was the one for the uh, June book again, uh, Alan? Now, Bob, I've already given you the one for the June book. Now I've gone on to the July book. you got to give me a second. Hang on. The June book is 76229. That's 76229-er. Ah, that's what I thought. Just checking. Ah, wonderful. Alan, have you had good luck with the uh, app on the iPhone? I, when I tried it the other day, um, I lost audio completely. I can't say I've used it enough, Deb, to say whether I've had good luck or not. I went in one time, and when, when I was the only one in the room, and just to see if I could get the mic and stuff. And it's kind of hard to know how it's working if you don't have anybody that can comment on it. But uh, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm not the best one to say. Well, let me know when you want to test, and I could probably fire mine up and see too, because I mean we have the built-in um, testers, but. Uh, I'm always game. Oh, what app is that? It's an app that is for um, for iPhones and for iOS in general. I use it on the iPad, but I might try it on the iPhone and see if it works better because it was just really freaking me out when I was trying to use it on the iPad. Okay, the Rosary Girls, the DB number is 59662. So it's more contemporary, but it is. Uh, it was published in 2005. So we'll see if uh, how we like it, and if none of us do, we can get on to Vicky praying. So, all right. Well, uh, y'all all have a great uh, evening. Thanks for everybody's comments. I enjoyed the discussion.